God has called us to take responsibility. To take responsibility of our families. To take responsibility of your friends. So every now and then I, I get to have a conversation with a friend who has many Christian friends. And I'm like, how did you end up here? How did you end up sleeping with your girlfriend? How did you end up doing all of these things? And I'm like, have, that, did your friends know about this? Did your friends know about you wasting your life away? And then they would say, yes, they, they knew. But nobody ever had the hard, honest conversation with me. Because everybody was so afraid what that person will think. Maybe I'll lose a friend if I'm honest. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll lose this relationship. And I actually need this relationship because it helps me feel important. Great. So, consecration. We need to take responsibility for what, what is about to happen in South Africa if the church is not standing up. Verse 14, then Jehaziel was moved by the Spirit of God. And this is where the solution starts. This guy, with a funny name, was moved by the Spirit of God who speak from the midst of the congregation. He said, attention everyone, all of you from out of town, all of you from Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. So he's even addressing the king. He's saying, hey, political leader of the day, this is what the Lord's saying. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal hoarder. This is God's war, not yours. Tomorrow you'll go after them. See, they're already on their way up the slopes of Ziz. You'll meet them at the end of the raven near the wilderness of Jeril. You won't have to live a hand in this battle. Just stand firm, Judah and Jerusalem, and watch God's saving work for you to take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow. God is with you. Then Joseph had knelt down, bowing with his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. The Levites stood to their feet to praise God, the God of Israel. They praised at the top of their lungs. Why? Why suddenly this outburst of praise? They gave everything. They're like, yeah, Jesus! Maybe not Jesus back then, but God, you're there. Why were they so excited? Because they knew if God didn't come through, if God didn't speak, they will die. There won't be any person with a funny name anymore. None of them will exist. So now they consecrated themselves. They waited on the Holy Spirit to speak. And the Holy Spirit spoke. And they just knew this is from God. So they celebrated that. And they were up early in the morning, ready to march into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were leaving, Jehoshaphat stood, stood up and said, Listen, Judah and Jerusalem, listen what I have to say. Believe firmly in the God, your God, and your lives will be firm. Believe in your prophets, and you will come out on top. So he's just reminding. Next day he says, because he knows people forget. A lot of you... You've received amazing prophetic words, or God spoke to you, or you had an experience at a fierces fear camp, or maybe last week, or, or 10 weeks ago, or 10 years ago, you had experience with the Lord, and the Lord spoke to you and said, hey, be holy, be pure, this is what I've called you to do, this is my plan for your life. But somehow in between, you've lost, you've lost the plan, 
And you forgot what God said. So Josephat knew that. He said, hey, let's remind the people of what God said yesterday. And he's reminding them in verse 21, after talking it over with the people, in other words, he said, hey, this is what God's saying, but let's get a strategy together. What are we going to do? Because this is, all of us are in. It's not only my plan, but it's God's plan. It's God's plan for His people. We need to be all in. Josephat appointed a choir for God, dressed in holy robes. They were, mar- they were to march ahead of the troops, singing, give thanks to the God His love never quits. An amazing war song, huh? Thanks to God for His love never quits. Would that be the song of choice if you go to war? If you, you're about to die. You're like, give thanks to the Lord. His love never quits. His love endures forever. And what a plan. They heard from the Lord. They knew they could just... Stand still, but Jehoshaphat actually went beyond that. He said, let's go crazy in our faith. Let's get the musicians together. The only musician currently that I would love to have with me in war is strongly built Henry. Most musicians are skinny people like me. So he is sending in faith, he's sending out these musicians, these worship leaders, these Levites, that the only thing that they know is just to minister to God. I don't know, maybe they're also well-built and did some physical exercise. I don't know how it worked. But it seems like a stupid plan. But the reason why they had faith in this plan is not because they had faith in their worship. It's because God spoke to them and said God will hand over the enemies to them. As soon as they started shouting and praising. So they were just shouting and praising. It's already done. This is such a good example of New Testament theology. It's already done. The enemy can try and tell you, hey, you still have to fight for this. No, it's already done. Jesus said it is finished. And they started shouting and praising. God said Ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah, and they all ended up dead. Wow, what a great story. Worshipping Jesus, they all ended up dead. And I'm, I'm reminded of the spiritual war that we're in. The other day, I think I've shared it here, I'm, I'm with a lady and there's demons manifesting, and the demon said, I hate this lady. She loves praying. She loves praying. I had a demon 10 years ago. I was um, in, in Shofan Salamash, and the, and the demon said, Hey, that Lucille, our pastor's wife, must stop praying. She's making it difficult for me. So it's already, we already, we have the weapons. So, and they all ended up. All ended up dead. The Ammonites, the Moabites, mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Wow. Like they're fighting against each other. Then further confused, they went at each other and all ended up killed. And often in church, we find that we are the most confused people. But God said it must be the other way around. The devil and his demons must be the most confused group of entities, beings, In this world, because of our worship and because of our blind faith, when we heard what God's saying. 
As Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the hoarder of barbarians, they looked on a killing field of dead bodies, not a living soul among them. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, they found more loot than they could carry off. Equipment, clothing, valuables. It's not like God's keeping them safe. God's actually just adding. He says, hey, I'll... I'm not only going to keep you safe, I'm going to give what they had. I'm going to give that to you. Equipment, clothing, valuables. It took three days to cart it off. On the fourth day, they came together at the Valley of Blessing, Barakah, and blessed God. That's how it got the name, Value of Blessing. Joseph had led, led all of the men of Judah and Jerusalem back to Jerusalem and exuberant parade. God had given them joyful relief from their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and came to the temple of God with all the instruments of the band playing. When the surrounding kingdoms got word that God had fought Israel's enemies, the fear of God ascended on them. Jehoshaphat heard no more from them as long as Jehoshaphat reigned and peace reigned. Amen. That's, such a, that's a story of the church. That's where we should be. So there are three things. And band, you can come up so long. So there's a moment of consecration. And consecration is where we say, okay, God, we understand the urgent need for you to intervene. I don't think all of us understand this. Do you understand that there's an urgency in the Spirit for God to intervene? And then once... We realize that we're like, oh, okay, God, we need to get together as the church. And I'm not talking only about Shofar, I'm talking about the, the global church, capital C church. We need to come together and we need to say, our life depends on us hearing from God and getting strategy to actually advance God's kingdom in South Africa, in George, and all over the world. We need this. If you, but if you don't understand the urgency, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. Have you ever been to, in a situation where, where somebody is like, maybe somebody is doing CPR on the person already, or there was a car crash, or um, so, somebody's, parent is dying or an uncle or like then the unbelievers suddenly become believers because they know doctors cannot help this person they know that nothing medically can be done for this person the only thing that we can ask for is intervention from a higher power then they come to the christians and say hey let's pray let's break into this but i i sense what god's telling us is that we need to see Beyond our own issues. And we need to look at what's happening in, in, this, in this area that we're living in. We need to look beyond into the nation. And we need to see what's happening. The devil is stealing. He announced war. And we're not even fighting him. We're fighting each other. Because our fight's not against flesh and blood. It's not against politics politicians it's not against your friend it's not against your friend from another church it's not against the muslims that the war is already it's over jesus is victorious 
So the consecration will only come once we understand this urgency. Because if I, if I tell you, okay, hey, you guys know what? On Tuesday, there's, there's an army that's going to drive through here. And they, they're going to kill probably a few hundred people. Tomorrow morning, intercession will be full. Nobody will not wake up at half past five. It will not be too, too early for most people. But then, that happened and we're safe. But next time, there's no announcement. There's no somebody standing up and saying, Hey, there's another army coming up. Who's going to be at that intercession? Only the people that can hear the voice of the Lord. And that understand the urgency. A few, a few weeks ago, one of, one of my leaders came, came into our house on a Sunday afternoon and they said they, they were just at the funeral. And the funeral was for a guy that was actually a client of, of her. And she just started sobbing. She said, oh, no, I, I had the chance of sharing the gospel with this person, but I never took it. I never, I never had the courage of sharing the gospel with this person. And I knew that this person was going to help. I knew it. And now this person passed away. And I can't, I can't not be angry with myself. Obviously, she had to just pray and ask God to forgive her. But there was, a, there was an urgency that I loved. I'm going to ask Sabrina quickly to... Just share a testimony of a story. Sabrina, by the way, she's the real deal. She's not scared of anything. And you're going to hear from this story of, of how God is using her. And um, I'm just so excited for what God's going to do through her. And she's still young. She's a lady, but she is not scared to go into the darkest places. Okay, so... On Friday, um, I'm working with the youth in, in Borges and Park Dean. And I have a group of boys in Borges uh, who I'm practicing drama with this week for the gathering on Saturday. And on Friday, I was picking them up and I saw this, this guy who was really, really drunk on the street um, behind a pub. And just a few meters from him was a little girl. She was not even three years old, um, sitting, sitting with a teddy bear. And I saw the situation and I thought, this is not right. And I told the boys, you should go and just look what's going on. And is this girl under supervision of this guy? And it turned out, um, this guy, we went to him and asked, what's the situation? And he said, no, he must look after this child. No one is look, looking after her. And, um, yeah, he must feed her and there's no one at home looking after her. And then I got one of my leaders later to come with me just to take them to the police um, in Conville. And, yeah, I, we got them there and the police um, said they'll handle the situation because it was after four, so I couldn't go to the social workers. And... Um, and I said they will handle the situation and we went and then when I went to go drop off the boys we just went around to the police station to check to check what to follow up on, on it and see where's this girl 
and then it turned out they just took her home and their guy. Um, they didn't do anything about the situation, didn't get an address and I told them, okay, but I'm going to come the next day and just get the address of the little girl that the social worker is going to follow up on it. And next day I went and I went to the home and it was like, yeah, I went with the police officer, not alone. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was like a little, it wasn't a big home. And it turned out the whole family, three th families are staying there and more children the same age. And yeah, I went to the social worker and follow up and she said there's already a case of this little girl and it's a high risk, um, but there's no, no place to take these kids. Um, so they are felt hopeless. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. So I wanted to share that story because we are confronted with situations where we feel hopeless. Whoever you feel like in some area of your life and maybe in, you feel hopeless. You feel like, God, you need to intervene else nothing's going to change. I think all of us, if you're not, if you're not at that point, you're not you're not really living in this world. And, and today is not about feeling hopeless. Today is like, there is a hope. But then we need to engage in this. We need to engage in this world. And we need to say, God, I know that I cannot make a difference. You cannot make a difference. But through God, through His empowering, we can actually change our society. We can change George. If we say, God, we consecrate our hearts. We say, this is what we want. We know it all depends on if you're going to speak. And we wait on the Lord. And that's the second point. We wait on the Holy Spirit to speak. Because there, there was a prophet who had a word. And we had to wait on the Holy Spirit to speak strategy into this nation. And when the Holy Spirit spoke, the third point is that they obeyed. They honored the word through worship and thanksgiving, and then they obeyed. And so the, this morning I was actually, I was thinking of Philippa Morena and Sabrina. So one of the words that came out this morning was, that God spoke to one of the ladies and said, Hey, um, you, must, you, must start, you, must, you must start teaching one. You must stop, you must stop for the one. You cannot change everyone, but you can change one. It's like the story of the starfish. Do you guys know the story of the starfish? The little lighty on the, on the seashore, and he's on the beach, and he's throwing starfish away. But there's like thousands, millions of starfish. And this old guy walks up to him very skeptically and says, Hey, what are you doing? Surely you don't make any difference. He says, Yes, I make a difference for this one. So, powerful word that came out this morning. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to now worship as if our life, our lives depend on this. Are you fine with this? So it is, it is not war tomorrow. It is already war. Because we need to go behind our own issues and our own insecurities. And hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or hey... 
that relationship is not well. And we need to enter and engage into what God has called us to do and is actually to change the world. Okay, so I want you, all of you to stand. I'm going to read this this again. So this is after God God spoke, but I I want us to to do this as a sacrifice unto God, the one who's the only one that can help us and that could change the world. It says, Joseph had knelt down, bowing with his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. The Levites stood to their feet to praise God, the God of Israel. They praised at the top of their lungs. It was not like winning the World Cup. This was life or death. It just went all out saying, God, so thank you that we can rely on you, that you are steadfast, that you will save us. So we're going to start with this, with this song. It's called Set a Fire in My Soul. So first we want to say, Lord, set a fire in our souls for your presence, for your manifest presence in your midst. But also we want God to set a fire in our soul that we will not stop pursuing God and hearing from God and obeying God until we see change. Let's open our, our hands like this, just way to receive from God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in our midst. Lord, we want to worship now like our, our lives and our friends' lives and the city, the people living in this city, people in this nation, in Africa, in the world, depends on this, Lord. We thank you that we have the privilege of coming into your courts with thanksgiving and wild, wild praise. Because we are forgiven. We are your church. You love us. I want to invite you to the front if you can. Let's give it all to Jesus because He is worthy. He is worthy. Jesus is worthy of all our praise. Jesus, you are worthy.